it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Walking Dead. Hello and welcome to Walking Dead Wednesday number 27. I'm Chris Honeywell and I am here with my co-culprits, Mr. Sean Engel. Hello everyone. And Dr. William Robinson. Hello. Are you drinking your sugar water, William Robinson? My sugar water? Yeah. <laughs> oh, because yeah, I'm, uh... Your diabetes. My diabetes. I've got my Diet Mountain Dew. That's... Okay. That should be good enough. <laughs> So we are we are once again um, on the TV show because we're alternating comics and TV show, and this time we're doing season two, episode two. I have no idea what the title of this show is. Bloodletting. Bloodletting. Yeah. Bloodletting. There so will be a bloodletting. Pipe in the uh, concrete blonde song whenever you want to. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or not. No. That's one of one of the the perks of being the editor. I'll probably do it though. You can you can do it and then have the record needle scratching it as you scratching with plain taking sounds and crash the yeah there you go. Art <laughs> this is all being done live. It's not in post. We promise. That's yes. right. My soundboard is lit up. <laughs> the phone lines are lit up. Uh, Spe- speaking of phone lines, do we have we ever gotten any email? Do we have an email address for this show? Yeah, well, okay. This is what I I uh, I'm figuring is going. I think everything right now is good until we have individual emails. I think it all like um if you see an email on the um on the page of each podcast, like in each posting of, of of this podcast or any other ones, this one might say Walking Dead Wednesday at TwoTrueFreaks.com. I think all that mail goes to TwoTrueFreaks at gmail.com for okay. now, which means it goes into a morass of spam and mm. probably legitimate... Uh, okay. financial opportunities and, and such. Yeah, but, because so so email is coming on everything. It's just going to be slow. Okay. Yeah, was, okay. because I was saying on uh, Hootrude Freaks last time, I was like, you know, we've had an email address, but I've never had a password or got anything from it. So if you've written into Hootrude Freaks, um, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess again now here on Walking Dead Wednesday, I'll apologize as well. It'll, it'll, it, we, we, we will find it. We okay. will find it. We will read it. We'll find but you. It's for me even to sign into the Gmail account now. It's such a mess. We're so we're we're so professional here. If Demanzo was like, I'm so glad that he's in Milan, <laughs> basically, <laughs> because just. Just for me to sign in and out of the Gmail 
um, account. Now that Google makes your Gmail account everything in the entire world that has anything to do with anything, it signs me, you know, all of a sudden I have to sign in and out of every different, you know, social media, you know, YouTube and everything is all of a sudden changed and it's just a mess. Yeah, Google is essentially taking over the internet. Thanks. Thanks, Google. The soon to be closed down bottlenecked internet. Oh, yes. The Mad Max wasteland that we're going to have soon. Yeah. Don't worry. There'll be ways to get pretty soon. Podcasts are going to be peer to peer or something. You'll still get your two, two freaks, even if it's from all of our individual bunkers. <laughs> there might be a little more time in between because we'll be too busy growing our own food and homeschooling our kids, but <laughs> they'll be coming. They, what are you talking uh, about? I'm selling my kids. Code, but <laughs> my kids are going to the market. <gasps> Episode 500 of Two True Freaks should all be in Morse code. <laughs> How could how could you tell the Morse code away from you know like Scott just having a rant and that you having to bleep all of it? That might be just a pretty much similar <laughs> podcast. It would be fun. It would be fun to have like <laughs> alien cryptographers working on it. Anyway. <laughs> So, Walking Dead. Walking Dead, anybody got any new news? Uh, I think we're still waiting for the last book to come out. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be coming out pretty soon. I thought I saw... I thought it was supposed to come out in March, but I guess it got pushed back. Yeah, I haven't checked the Amazon site yet. I I know they had like pre-orders for it uh, for the Kindle, but I don't know if it's been delivered yet or not. So, I haven't yeah. checked it either. Well, well, we'll wait patiently, and when it comes in, I'll I'll snag it and pass it on. I just I will. recently got caught up on the comics. Last mm-hmm. time we were recording, before we were recording, you guys were sort of spoiling, or you were trying not to spoil, but talk to each other about it with me not knowing. And I hadn't realized I'd missed like four issues. Oh yeah. And then a new, mm. and then the, whatever the most recent one came out. So I got to sit down and read like five Walking Dead's in a row. That was pretty fun. I got to. Uh the last time I went to the comic book shop was around free comic book day and I picked up 125 and that's the last one I've read. I don't know if they've come out with the next one, but that had a very, had a very satisfying ending to the whole, uh, it, well, that was the last war. one, right? Of, uh, the all out war story. All line war story yeah. You know, I thought, have you read that one yet, Bill? Yeah. Are you talking about, uh, uh, the show? Well, I don't know if we want to, it right and, and the, Rick and Nagin. And I that think nice I, that nice wrestling move that happens on somebody's leg. Oh yes. Oh. <laughs> I think uh, I'm one ahead. I, yeah, I think I, I'm one I ahead of you guys. That. I felt that when I when I, I read that one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was God. that was pretty brutal. But yeah, I, I, if you maybe you maybe one ahead because like I said, I haven't been back since Free Comic Book Day, which was like at the beginning of the month. So mm. I need to go. Uh, check and see if the next issue is it was about a month ago Hmm. it was 420 dude Uh, it all comes back to drugs and zombie jesus and zombie jesus and comics yeah so walking dead i heard william robinson you have lovingly prepared 
one of your trademark copyrighted synopsises. Synopsises? Synopsis? Snuffleupagus. Snuffleupagus synopsis. Whoa. Yes, I have it. Uh, I have the offering for the evening, for the night. The burnt the offering. The, <laughs> the bloodletting. Put it up on the. Yes, put it up on the stabbing table. I'm trying to come up with new terms. I like stabbing table. Stabbing table. Well, we have this one is for season two. I don't have any of the. Uh, th- who was the director and all that? I. I totally forgot to look up all that. I've got, I've got it here. Ernest Dickerson oh, was the director, and Glenn Mazzara, who's the showrunner, was the writer. Excellent, because I, I was so into doing the synopsis, I forgot to get all the partic- all the, all the particulars. So, uh, thank you for having my back, Sean. You are more than welcome, sir. So, season two, episode two, bloodletting. We open to a flashback where Lori is speaking to a friend about marital problems when the conversation is interrupted by the arrival of friendly officer Shane with the news that Rick has been shot and is in surgery. A school bell rings as kids pour out of school and Laurie goes to tell young Carl the bad news. Cue the credits. We return to the present where Rick has taken time out from his busy day to enter himself and Carl in the father and shot son 5k run. Rick's pace seems good, and he looks to win the race as no one else entered today. Rick nears the finish line at a nearby farmhouse. He is spurred on by his friend Shane and some fat guy that looks like me with short hair, a ball cap, and a shotgun. Shane seems none too pleased. I think this guy might have helped them get entered into the race. A race spotter sees Rick and calls for Dad. That's a rather odd name for an official. As Rick reaches the end, he is greeted by the crowd gathered on the porch. Herschel, or Dad, a kindly-looking older gentleman, appears and enters the Save a Wounded Child competition that, oddly enough, always seems to follow this race. Meanwhile, Rick, exhausted from his run, has his own internal race going on called How Long Can I Keep My Shit Together Before I Go Into Shock? Shane and H.R. Huffinpuff make it to the finish line and meet up with the stunned Rick. Huffinpuff, also known as Otis, didn't see the boy behind the deer, couldn't have been that freaky eye twitch or anything. Obviously, Otis will be suspended from the deer hunting bracket and moved into the shooting innocent bystander one. They all watch on as Herschel is going for the gold to save young Carl. Meanwhile, the Ice Queen, uh, Laurie, who is the reigning See You Next Tuesday champion, and her crew meander around, still looking for Sophia from last episode. Man, that little girl takes hide-and-go-seek to a new level. What a trooper. Of course, if my mom looked like Sinead O'Connor postmenopausal, I'd hide too. Daryl, meanwhile, knows they will find that kid no matter how good she hides. Skip to Dale and T-Dog, who are honing their pit crew skills on the cars back at the highway. T-Dog, though, had an injury last time and may be pulled from play, but he soldiers on. That is until he spots the remainders of the baby-eating competition that took place in the back seat of one of the cars. Back at the ranch... Rick sits with Shane playing a healthy game called Second Guess Myself when suddenly he is called off the bench for the Blood Bowl. Rick has decided, uh, Carl, excuse me, Carl has decided to try out for the sidelines as a male cheerleader as he belts out his best screams for the judges. Herschel is double, no, no folks, he's triple playing in events. He is not only trying to save Carl, but he has time to help Rick enter the Blood Bowl and go fishing in Carl's abdomen for lead. Man, what an athlete. 
Later, Herschel has finished the first quarter of Saving Carl and is only a sixth of the way through the lead digging effort. Rick is deep into the Blood Bowl, supplying Carl with the Gatorade of life to keep the little guy going. A brief timeout is called as everyone regroups and thinks thinks to go get some rest. Uh, thinks to go get the rest of the hide and seek players to help out. Herschel has some bad news that they are running out of supplies and concessions, and someone will need to go to the nearby high school for some stuff. Carl needs some oxygen and some performance-enhancing drugs to pull through. Luckily, the SAC, the Save a Kid Federation, will allow this on the field. The crack scavenger hunt team of the Shootist and the Rapist, I mean uh, Otis and Shane, head off to have some fun. Rick, knowing that Otis is a good shot, loans him his pistol in case they come across a shooting range. Back in the woods, the hide-and-seek team has given up for the day as Sophia racks up more points against them. At the RV, T-Dog waxes poetic about his situation on the team, concerned that the first about that first key fumble in their first season of play. He tries to convince Dale that they should leave and go start their own league. Dale quickly surmises that T-Dog is feverish and medicates him, anxiously waiting for the return of the hide-and-seekers. Speaking of them, they are on their way back to the RV, saddened that they are quickly falling in the standings. Andrea, in particular, is distracted and doesn't even see what at first could be a stealth zombie casually walk out behind a tree. But no, no, holy cow, folks, it's former hide-and-seek extreme slow chase champion O.J. Simpson. He realizes that his previous records in hide-and-seek are gone, so he wants to up the ante in the blonde babe murder column. The juice will not be denied as he stalks Andrea, but wait, wait, from the sidelines comes a horse? Is it the equestrian zombie Christopher Reeve to save her? Nah, it's just young Maggie out practicing her polo and hockey skills with a Rain Gretzky-like slap shot as she takes out OJ with a bat to the head. She has come to take Lori to the farm for all the fun and excitement she is missing. Oh, and by the way, Carl was shot. She speeds away just as OJ gets back up and Daryl gets in a little archery practice. And finally, finally the juice is down. The remainder of the group heads back to the pit stop on the highway to track to backtrack to the farm. Rick and Herschel talk on the porch, and Rick begins to think that maybe the old man is a little loopy with his thoughts about the zombies and all these damn sporting events going on. In the distance, equestrians Maggie and Laurie ride across the field to the main house. Upon seeing Carl inside, Laurie gives Rick a run for his money in the Keep Your Shit Together games. Later, Rick is well into the second round of the Blood Bowl as he has undergone a second transfusion, transfusion to help Carl. Penalty, penalty, penalty on the field. Holy sheep shit. Nobody told us Herschel was a vet was a veterinarian this will have to be a ruling by the official standby okay all right they're reviewing the books okay it seems they will not disqualify herschel and he can continue to play back at the scavenger hunt at the high school it appears that a large amount of spectators are mulling about blocking the efforts of team o and t they appear to have seriously messed up the playing field and will make it harder for our guys to find their stuff in the interim, the roadside crew has decided to see if Sophia will give up and come out. They, they agree to wait the night, and Glenn will head to the farm to get some performance-enhancing drugs for T-Dog. Daryl comes through and helps out a teammate, forgetting that terrible key fumble, and gives him a hand with his brother Merle's stash of awesome drugs, including possibly some Heisenberg Blue or Blue Sky. Owen Dean, meanwhile has decided to use an awesome fireworks display care of a set of police road flares to distract the rabid spectators at the high school. The ARGS and ARGS drown out the sounds of the boys slipping into the FEMA trailer with the much needed supplies for Dr. Doolittle, I mean Herschel. Once loaded up, they exit from the trailer, but unfortunately the fireworks are finished and the crowd looks hungrily towards them for snacks, or as snacks. They run towards the school heavy laden down with medical 
medical goodies and find themselves in a small alcove with nothing but a plus three bolt of holding keeping back the, the gate between them and the hungry magic and D&D players. The men look on as they wonder if they will soon be playing the ultimate game of dodgeball or the ingredients in another eating competition to be continued. Nice. You got Gretzky in there, too. <laughs> I was going to well, say, is, is this kind of a... Uh, 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 basically a, a reprisal for everyone ragging on you on the con synopsis? Because that was amazing sir I was like credit uh, to you slash Olympics I had, to, I had to mute like half a dozen times to keep from laughing I just kept muted the whole time <laughs> I was waiting for the laughter to mess me up but uh, it never came no, no I, I, I was not gonna interrupt that at all that was that was superb once sir. the starting gun fired off I stepped to the side <laughs> I the only way I would have liked to have made, made that better was to do it as um, Howard Cosell no, well, no. That Marv Albert? Marv Albert. Yes. <laughs> nice. I couldn't, like, oh, yeah. As soon as you said Marv Albert, and I did, yeah, yeah. Later, Herschel. No, no. It would have it would, it it hurt. I, yeah, it would have hurt. Yeah. <laughs> that would be one to, you know, like, record on a day off with tea and honey with lemon in it. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to do any good for your voice. No, not at all. No. But, uh, but, so, what did you guys think of this one? I mean, well, I mean, we've, it's, uh, there's a lot going on here. I'm liking them better. I'm, they're, they're making me think of the series as a whole, watching them. I, you know, I know it's a mess, but it's, I can see Kirkman just sort of, I don't know if he's thinking, I don't really care as much about ratings as I, I do about what I want to do with these characters. But it's really funny. It, he, I was thinking a lot about like the kind of people all the characters are, and you know, are those people suited for survival in the Walking Dead world? And you know, this this early on in it, you know, there's just a lot of people alive who are not suited for it still. You know, because it's relatively early on. Well, T Dog, even though he was a little feverish. <laughs> He's like, you're an old man and a black man. What are we doing here? Right. We got two. Right. It's know, the people who aren't. Thinking, two white cops and a redneck. Like, they're going to care about me. They're, they're the people who are not locked down on forming a group and working together for survival are the ones that become the sticking, the sticky points. I, I mean, I, I, I get, I, Laurie in particular, this episode really, sta- the the scene where Laurie finds out that Herschel's a vet and starts getting <laughs> yeah. on him. It's just, you know, what? what are your options, Laurie? What are your options right now? Your kid's gonna die, and you're starting to you know, oh we'll see, you know, the the jury's out on that, and and we'll what see about this. And, you oh, you're a, you're a veterinarian. It's just like, oh, okay, so don't operate. You know, let your son die. Right. You know. You know, I can I can tell you from from doing, uh, you know, human anatomy in high in college and in high school as well. You don't get to do human anatomy on people unless you're. You right. know, uh, well, I take that back. We had a 
course up at our university that actually did work on cadavers would that was specifically if you went to go into funeral sciences Mm -hmm. most of the time if you're doing human anatomy and you're studying for this type of stuff up until you get into medical school you're doing it on animals you're doing Um, on fetal pigs or cats or something like that and a vet may have way more surgical experience than a human mm -hmm. you know he's all the time doing surgery tying suturing veins together and closing up tissue you know suturing people mm-hmm. up is the same thing whether you're doing it with a with right. a dog with a horse or right. with a human but but you know, laurie i mean i think the the skill of survival in a post in in the zombie world is pure pragmatism you can't mm-hmm. allow yourself the luxury of it for her it was a luxury of uh, i guess her insanity or her just a, a refusal to get over herself where you know where it's just like what you're gonna give this guy grief for trying yeah, to save he's trying to save your life yeah, exactly. son's life he's doing everything you can you're pep talking your husband and then all of a sudden you're on this guy and it's and you know yeah you know it's for a variety of reasons that are good good and whatever good or bad or indifferent you know she's you know, her son's laying there bloody, so she's freaked out and stuff. And now the, you don't have the luxury of of doing the the freak out. Well, Although Rick gets only, a gets his share of freakouts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and not only did uh, Herschel have, not only is Herschel trying w- with what limited stuff he has to save. Uh, Carl's life. He's got a lot of stuff there. He's got IV fluids at his house. He's got you know a stethoscope, which is an un, uh, a, you know a stethoscope and a spigna thermometer. So he's got enough stuff there to keep a person alive. The fact that he has this stuff is is amazing. You know, m- my wife is a nurse. She has some of the stuff, but we don't have right. IV sailing it at our house. We don't have you know a thing to do. Right. Uh, Right. to do a blood transfusion at our house. This person is the best thing you're going to find in this kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah, the story he, comes across and you know, is irked about that is just mind-blowingly stupid. But, you know, Herschel's, Herschel's, you know, kindly old farmer guy, so he's, it doesn't even really, he's just like, yep, I gotta do mm-hmm. whatever I can do. You know, this, this, I mean, we're right in the for- formative area of this show where they're really cementing that terse sort of um, style of speaking that blunt style of speaking that everybody has. I don't know if that's something Kirkman's doing stylistically or he thinks that's how people would be in that situation. But everybody's, you know, if somebody freaks out, there's always somebody there going, look, and they almost always say, I get it. You're freaked Mm -hmm. out, but you're going to have to do, you know, no, that's that's Rick's that's Rick's you know take a drink line. That's yeah, the line yeah, yeah. Take a drink on whenever Rick says and, that. And 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 if Rick isn't around, you you you're gonna have Herschel and you got Dale and to to dish it out. If but a lot of it gets dished out in the it becomes a thing in The Walking Dead. You know, mm-hmm. I get it. You're blah blah blah, but we're gonna have to do this to do that. And. uh I'm sort of digging watching it now. What what may have been like a slow, people complaining that the series would get slow in places. I'm starting to dig it because it's like he's really taken his. He's gonna develop. He's gonna develop these characters and put them through changes. You know, so he's 
he's I think he's in it for the playing a long a long game here, which I am is an opinion that I'm starting to change to rather I was thinking that this show has just been sort of patchworking up and down and people in and out of it. And that has happened. But I think there's been, I think the narrative thread that it, when, I don't know, whenever it runs its course, you know, and people are watching it over and over again, will start to, uh, start to become more apparent or might be more agreeable. Well, speaking of changes, the, from from where we are in this episode to now, the amount of change that we've seen the character of Carl go through. Uh, yeah. He has oh, yeah. You know, looking at that first scene, at the uh, the flashback scene of uh, Laurie telling Carl about Rick getting shot, he looks so he looks like a completely different kid from what he is in the current show because he looks just so baby faced and yeah. so young. It's just kind of disturbing kids grow a lot of in the in this he's yeah yeah mm-hmm. i noticed that a little bit that i thought herschel really looked different here than you know because we just yeah he still got his art fat on him yeah yeah because he seems gaunter he had later he gets the beard he loses he, he loses some weight the hard way in the future <laughs> yeah <laughs> And and uh, sort of diabetes style. Diabetes style. <laughs> well, you and have then, to you have to lose that leg. You know, it's the diabetes taking it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Took it. Took my leg. And then uh, um, Carol, I thought looked different. There's yeah. she's she's not. You know, especially she was very she she looked so frazzled and more like the Carol of the comics would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's not she's a strong she character now. that she. Yeah, no, she's, no, she's not she's strong the at all. Mousy. She's the mousy Carol. She's the one who's still, you know, yeah. concerned about her abusive husband. She's not the independent woman that we're getting to see in the current you neo know, series of shows. Right, because she says something to Andrew, uh, to Andrea about, you know, worried about Sophia. I don't want her to end up like Amy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oops. I was like, ooh, and then she's like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Oh, she's she's so afraid of hurting everybody's feelings, and see, I think she did. I think that was, I think she did that on somewhat, on, not on purpose, but I think that was, I think she was lashing out there. I think she was mm-hmm. giving her a nice little shot of shut the fuck up, and then mm-hmm. was like, oh my god, where did that come? You know, where did that come from? And felt horrible, but. Yeah, just, a little uh, just like that zombie that stepped out from behind that tree. <laughs> what do you think he was? He was like he was a part of the tree. Yeah, he was just <laughs> he was just leaning against it, just taking a break. Yeah, Oof, taking a little scary. Br- a little breather, a little gasper before moving on. That scary OJ zombie. <laughs> yeah. One thing. One thing I will say about the show should have had a suitcase old- in his hand. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> some dingo boots. <laughs> uh. And he had a glove that didn't quite fit. Right. Um, <laughs> Trying to catch well, his Hertz rental car. Yeah. One thing I will say, this is another episode that uh, really improves upon the character of Daryl. And I can see from what we've seen mm. of Daryl over the past couple of uh, episodes, why people think of him as one of the breakout characters of this show. He, you know, his his statement of, you know, you know, quit praying, you know, we're going to find her, his his bold determination is really one of the things that really makes him a likable character, especially from how we saw him in the first couple episodes where he was just, you know, 
redneck brother of Burl. So mm-hmm. I can see how his character being developed is really helping the show. Yeah, but when he first goes into that rant, you think it's going to go the other way. You think mm-hmm. he just doesn't want to hear them praying. But then he but then he spins it and says, because I know we're going to find him. You know, first you think, yeah. oh, yeah, he's... Mm-hmm. But, and, uh, and, and that's a that's a good character beat for him because you think, mm-hmm. yeah, he's going to be a jerk about it. But then he comes out and be, my God, he's the most positive person in this whole yeah, group. So he's it's getting, awesome. He's getting frustrated that they're losing steam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as we'll see, he, he, he gets a little more into it as time goes on here coming up. Oh, yeah. I think a little mm-hmm. of it might. Well, you know, I mean, I think people would act his would act in psychiatric terms would act out a lot you know during this and he's he might also have a little bit of an attraction um towards um carol carol yes thank you well and and we'll see we'll see their relationship kind of kind of grow because of you know what's going on with uh with carol's daughter right right that oh, we're at the that, farmhouse. Settle we're in. At the farm. They bought the farm. All right, we'll be here a while, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pretty much the rest of the season, you know, centers around the farm. I mean, we'll get bits where they go off it. And, you know, I think the next episode we'll see a, a little bit more of, you know, Shane and Otis and the uh, trying to get away from the school. But after that, it's a lot of stuff on the farm, and I, that's kind of what this second season has been centered around. And for good or ill, that's kind of what it's known for. I, you know, but rewatching this, I, I had a much higher opinion of it. I, you know, my thought for the second season was kind of, uh, it's all centered around the farm. It just got kind of repetitive, but so far it hasn't been that way. But you know, we're just mm-hmm. two episodes, episodes in. So, in. but I, Plus, I, I think we're gonna. I, I, I don't know myself. I think I'm going to be looking more at it in perspective now. With where they've gone, I think I'm going to enjoy it a lot more in the context of you know, the last the the two seasons that come after it too, and the differences in the characters, and I think upon rewatching of Walking Dead, that's where it's it's gonna gain a lot of strength, as, you know, a progression of the characters, rather than a geek show, with mm-hmm. a lot of geek show thrown in, but the second season really. You know, there's not as much zombie action because they're in an isolated location. You know, sometimes when there are zombies thrown in, it's almost sort of they they were like, geez, we got to get a zombie in here somewhere. (laughs) And they come Mm -hmm. up with a few creative ways of doing it. But there's there's some really. um, uh, Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to spoil ahead. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm starting to get. Is start now. I'm starting to think about the the second season, and uh, there it was. It, you know what I'm really looking forward to is there's a lot of beautiful 16 millimeter film work coming up. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think now they're shoot. I don't know now, currently that they're shooting in Super 16. I think. But I know it, this season is pretty much shot all in Super 16. I don't know whether they're shooting digital. I know they've got to be shooting high def, but it it doesn't quite look as. It, it, I just want to say good. It's I'm trying to think more crisp. There's a, there's a different tone to the 
to the look of the film mm-hmm. that they have in this season rather than what they're doing currently. So I don't know whether they've stopped using the, you know, Super 16 film or whether they they're shooting all on digital. Well, I, I guess the story was that they decided to do the six, Super 16. And so what we've probably been seeing is a learning curve <laughs> of all the uh, all the the photographers and stuff. And you'll see it in this I mean, right the last couple episodes have been nicely filmed, but there's a point where um they start realizing, you know, if we shoot with some more natural, you know, in some more natural light situations with the Super 16, it starts looking really good, and you can see them starting to appreciate and utilize and exploit the look of the Super 16, where they're going, let's push the grain here, let's do a dark shot, but we'll just use the fires and and stuff for the lighting, which makes the footage really grainy. But then again, that starts bringing you more into the drive-in, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is where zombies started, and it feel feel at home. So, and there's some really nice sunshot sunset shots coming up, and it, it, you can almost see them having the technology, and then really enjoying exploiting it and playing with it a bit, and and not really getting carried away, but like doing some things where it's like let's let's take this out for a ride, and mm-hmm. then. As it goes on, they start settling into it and and really and maybe being more subtle, and uh, you know there were po- points in the prison that sort of had that 16 millimeter fil- film feel, but I, I'm sort of suspicious that they're back on digital, probably because the 16 was a logistical pain in the ass. I would bet. Yeah, compared to it, digital, it, it, is, it is nice to see a show that you would think would be centered around gore effects and you know uh violent zombie kills and all that actually spending time to try and make a aesthetically pleasing looking film uh, you know aesthetically pleasing looking scenery and to get those kind of shots on on high quality film rather than just oh here's a really nasty gore effect uh, you know not to take anything away from shows like uh Spartacus which is just a bunch of CGI digitized blood you know, to to make the overall look of the show mm-hmm. very cinematic, mm-hmm. and not that they don't digitize their blood too, but you know, no, they, it's they, they do want they do want some scenes, yeah. yeah. But uh, well, I've just got really three three points really left for this one, okay. And that's and one's one's a nitpick, one's a what the hell were you thinking on the characters' part, and uh, one was just a creepy. Uh, a creepy moment and the creepy moment was and I had forgotten about this when T-Dog is he's looking around for drugs you know because he has as the fever they're going through through the cars and he finds that pack of cigarettes and he takes it out and he turns and he looks in the back seat at, at the at the at the car seat mm-hmm. with the blood and the chunks and then he realizes that there there was a child in there yeah yeah and that I was, was I was like oh man I totally forgot about that and he's feverish. It must. And, and yeah, and and then he just kind of like starts shaking and just backs away. And my my nitpick was, how does Herschel know there's six pieces of lead in Carl? That the bullets in six pieces. He doesn't have an X-ray. He couldn't. Maybe, 
if he, I, yeah, how, how, I mean, if it, it looks like the, you know, uh, not that I'm a medic or a paramedic or anything, but you know, my limited amount of scientific knowledge that would put me at this. He said the bullet didn't go all the way through that. Right. It broke up. May it's in the abdomen. Maybe he can feel. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe he it's poked not, around and felt it. It, it. it looks like it. It looks like he got shot in the the lower left side, but beneath the rib cage. So mm. he might be able to feel around in there. Luckily, if I'm remembering right, all of that area around there is, uh, you know, connective tissue and intestine. So it is not going to hit like the liver. Which is a little bit, uh, which is on the left hand side. The shot looked like it was on the right hand side of him. So, hmm. okay, uh, it, it's probably just all intestines and connective tissue in there. So he and it might, since it was slowed down by the deer, chances right. are it might just be not superficial, but just deep enough that you can actually press in there and feel something. Oh, okay. That would be my that would be my thought. Again, not a licensed physician. Don't take I was, my word to heart. I was thinking he had that main chunk of it, and after getting the main chunk, he could, he sort of followed that wound, and maybe he could see where there were branching off points. You know what maybe. I mean? Maybe he could just shove like a magnet on a stick in there. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> don't like, know. It's like checking your like, oil. It just, or like, your like one, of those co- one of those magnets you, uh, you know, take Sure, you drop the, a screw, and you just, just wave it across there, and it... Lifts to the top. There you go. Oh, there we go. There's six right there. Pull out the stud finder and (laughs) beep beep beep. beep. And then the uh, what the hell were the characters thinking moment was when uh, Shane and Otis they're all loaded up with these bags of medical equipment. They went to all this trouble to sneak into these trailers, causing the diversion with the flares. They just bust right out the doors and stand there. Yeah, bingling ling with the bottles and everything. Oh, they saw us. Yep. Like what? Let's check what, it out. Yeah. What are you doing? You don't like just peek out the door first. Oh, let's see if there's any zombies here. No, they just you know like Lenny and Squiggy. Hello. Yeah. You know, I thought it was pretty. You know, uh, now this is me being zombie planning. There, if they're attracted by noise and light and everything, have one of the people, you know, probably Shane, drive the car, honk the horn, drive the car, draw the zombies away while. While Tubby McOtis goes and finds the stuff, yeah. you know, 10 yeah. minutes later, you know, after everyone's gone, he drives, Otis gets back in the truck, they're gone. Hey, drive, well, I, drive one of those police cars about 500 yards away and turn the siren on. And just walk, walk away. away. Yeah. And the, well, yep. I, I had forgot about the flares because when he got in, in the car, I'm, I was thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, does he, does he start the car up and drive it? you know, into another car and they're all, you know, but then, then they pop the trunk and I'm, what's what it, it, you know, cause it's been yeah. about two years since I saw this. I'm like, Oh, that's right. The flares. Okay. Yeah. Like, not uh, the brightest move on their part, but of course, you know, that, that we've had, we've had years, possibly even decades to think about what we do in the event of a zombie apocalypse. So yeah, we'll, we'll forgive them for making a juvenile mistake like Shane this. Shane might not be the smartest cop in the world either. Uh, well, you think, uh, yeah, Otis is probably smarter than Shane, but his name's Otis, yeah. and he's yeah. in overalls. So yeah, and Shane just takes the like leadership position. But Otis might have been a little 
little better equipped to maybe come up with a plan. Unfortunately, well, un- unfortunately, we're gonna find out Otis isn't faster than Shane. Ooh, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, but he sure has a hell of a grip. Oh, oh, wow. There you go. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled... T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.